Last week we turned to look at the wisdom of Proverbs 18, verse 10, which talks about the, the wisdom of taking refuge in God, that his name is a strong tower for those who run into it by faith. This week we return to the Psalms, God's hymn book, which is designed to help us to pray and to sing those truths so that with God's help, the truth that we know in our heads will also rest in our hearts. So friends, let me encourage you to take your Bible out at this point to carve out about 15 minutes of your day, to free yourself as best you can from the distractions that are around you, and take a moment to read, to reflect, to pray, and to praise with us as we use God's word in the Psalms. I want you to think a moment about the idea of waiting. Waiting can be difficult. There's a tragic example of not waiting on God in Israel's history, a reminder of what we looked at in First and Second Samuel. Saul was Israel's first anointed king, the first monarch they had. And his first assignment was given to him by God was to go to a city called Gilgal and to wait there seven days until his messenger, the prophet Samuel, came and to give instructions and to offer a sacrifice before they would go into battle against the neighboring Philistines. Instructions were pretty clear, so Saul rallied the troops together and started to prepare for battle. But as the story goes, as Saul's army waited for Samuel to come, the Philistines came with a large, well-trained army that surrounded Israel. You can imagine, if you're Saul, all eyes are upon you. You're Israel's first king. They're looking to you. What do we do? What do we do? And as the people in his army saw themselves being surrounded by the Philistine army, outnumbered, out-equipped, better equipped than they were, morale became very low. And the troops began to run in fear. They began to ditch their king, King Saul. So now you're King Saul and you're left waiting for God's messenger, Samuel, with your life on the line. Well, soon... Saul's fear of man became greater than his fear of God. And sadly, instead of waiting on God as God instructed him to, to wait for Samuel, instead of waiting like God told him to, he took matters into his own hands and he offered the sacrifice himself, something that only the priest was supposed to do, not the king, which was not good. Well, as Saul took matters into his own hands and offered the sacrifice, kind of like a good luck charm. It's then, in that moment of the story, that Samuel finally arrived. And when he sees what Saul's doing, he rebukes Saul. In 1 Samuel 13, verses 13 and 14, he says, You acted foolishly. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him the leader of his people. So for Saul, he, God was about, he was willing to establish him as, uh, as king for all time. But because of his sinful fear, because of his impatience, because of his refusal to trust the Lord and to lead God's people that way, he meant, it meant that he would lose his kingdom. It was a tragic story. Well, friends, like Saul, I think waiting tempts us to doubt God's goodness. 
like Saul, waiting on God, tempts us to take matters into our own hands to get what we think we need or to get what we want. I think Saul's story in 1 Samuel is a tragic warning for us. And yet, as we keep reading, the king that followed Saul was David, the man that Samuel was referencing in 1 Samuel 13. David, a man after God's own heart. Well, David would have to wait on God too, and waiting would not be easy for David. But the difference is that David fought for faith. He wrestled with God until he waited on him and waited on him with hope and confidence. And in Psalm 27, the psalm that we're going to look at today, David shows us how he learned to wait on God with hope and confidence so that we too can wait on God. Let me read Psalm 27 for us today. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O God, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God, of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have given, risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27 is a wonderful portion of God's word. It helps us to know how, like David, we can wait on God. Even when enemies surround us, even when war arises against us, even when we have every reason to fear, earthly speaking, how we can wait on God with confidence. We can wait on God with hope. It's a wonderful psalm. As we reflect on Psalm 27, we see that it breaks into four sections. Verses 1 through 3, 4 through 6, 7 through 12, and then finally verses 13 through 14. In verses 1 through 3, David grounds or he bases his confidence that he has in waiting, not on himself, but he shows that the confidence that he has is rooted in the unchanging character of God. Notice how he begins in verse 1. He 
remembers who God is. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And so in remembering who God is, my light, my salvation, my stronghold, knowing this, he then declares confidently in verse 3, though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. It's the idea that if God is for me, who can be against me? I have nothing to fear because nothing can compete with God. In verses 4 through 6, David then seeks the presence of the God. When you see this idea of seeking his face, his face, it's seeking the favor of God, the presence of God, the grace of God. And so in verses 4 and 6, 4 through 6, he seeks the presence of God. He seeks to delight his heart in the matchless glory and truth of who God is. David says in verse 4, one thing, not two things, one thing I seek after. He puts everything aside. He puts everything as second place and goes after this one thing, this one thing he asks for, this one thing he seeks after. And what is it? Verse 4, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. David has come to know how important, how precious, how valuable the glory of God, knowing the truth about him, seeing his heart rest in the beauty of God. The house that he refers to there in verse 4 is is the temple. It's a reminder for us that sinful men and women can only dwell with God who is holy through an atoning sacrifice, which we know to be Jesus Christ himself. Because God makes sinners who were his enemies, his friends, through this atoning sacrifice, we, with David, can rejoice in verse 5, confidently. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And we know this because if God has not withheld his only son, as Romans 8, 31 and 32 says, we can be confident that he will graciously give us everything that we need. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who have taken refuge in Jesus, there is no condemnation. Why? Because Jesus took the condemnation, the punishment that our sins deserve for us when he died on the cross and rose again. And so knowing who God is and knowing the safety that there is in him and knowing the delight in his beauty, David then resolves to follow God. We see that in verses 7 through 12. In 7 through 12, he makes a request. He says, Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path. In other words, he not only seeks God's help to follow him, but he wants to know the right path and then also to have God help him to follow him. He sees enemies trying to knock him off that path, and so he asks God for that help. And so after everything he's done in verses 1 through 12, in remembering the character of God, in in delighting in his beauty and seeking that one thing and seeking God's help to follow him. In verses 13 through 14, David then finally waits on the Lord. Again, you can see how verses 1 through 12 build up or get us to this point, but verse 14 states it so well. He says, he then turns around to the congregation. He turns around to us, the reader, and says, all right, Knowing this, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen. What a good word for us, church. So friends, we've we've read God's word in Psalm 27. We've reflected on what he sang in this psalm. But now what I want us to do is to take some time to pray together using Psalm 27 
as a springboard, as a, as a prayer guide for us. So wherever you're at, if you will, please join me as I lead us in prayer. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the privilege of coming to you today in prayer. We thank you for Psalm 27, a, a wonderful guide for what it means to wait and to wait with hope and confidence. Waiting is hard, but we thank you for this word to us today. Lord, we praise you today as our light and as our salvation and as our stronghold. You, you alone are our righteousness. We have no righteous deeds in and of ourselves to offer you. We, 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 we praise you that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ today. You are the one who shows us the path to walk down. You are our salvation. You are the one who rescues us when we go astray or fall off that path. And so again, we praise you today as our light, as our salvation, as our stronghold. Father, we pray that we would, we pray that we would be confident knowing who you are, that we need not fear even if the enemy surrounds us because you are who you are. Help us to be confident in you. We pray that you would be our stability today. Father, we confess that we often seek after many things other than you. But like David, we pray today that you would unite our hearts to fear your name. We pray that we would so value you, be that we would so treasure you above everything else in this world, that we'd be so enraptured by your glory and your beauty, that we would make the pursuit of you and your presence our number one priority, our number one aim in life, the one thing that we seek after. And so as we do, we pray that you would lift our head above our enemies. We pray that as we seek after you and to delight in your glory and your beauty, that you would fill our hearts with shouts of joy. Lord, we also pray for your mercy and your grace, not only to know your way, the way of righteousness, but to walk in it. Give us the courage and the faith and the strength to walk in your way. Lord, lead us on level paths. Protect us from the enemies, the world and the flesh and the devil that seek to knock us off your path. You have been our help in times past. We pray that you would be our help today. Lord, we trust you and you alone. Father, we would have despaired. We would despair unless we believe that we would see your goodness in the land of the living. And so, Father, we pray for the grace to wait in confidence and hope as David did, knowing that we will see your goodness in the land of the living. Lord, help us to live today in light of that end that you have promised us. And when we are tempted to despair, strengthen our hearts. When we are tempted to fear, grant us fresh courage. When we wait on you, we pray that we would remember and praise you as our light, our salvation, and our stronghold. And we do that now because that's how you reveal yourself to be. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, church, we've had a chance to read Psalm 27, to reflect on what David is saying in Psalm 27. We've, we've prayed through Psalm 27. But as we close, look again at verse 6, one last time. Verse 6 says this, Now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I love that. He, he resolves, he chooses 
to sing and make melody to the Lord. After Jesus has come to offer himself as a sacrifice once for all, we no longer need a blood sacrifice. But our sacrifice as the people of God in the New Testament is a sacrifice of praise to our God, as Hebrews thirteen fifteen reminds us. And so that's what we want to do now, to respond to the truths of Psalm 27. We want to sing and to make melody to the Lord, as David says in verse 6. We want to resolve to sing praise to him, no matter how hard today might be, no matter how hard to- tomorrow might be. We want to sing and make melody to the Lord. So what I want to encourage you to do right now is uh, go to the media player on our church website. We'll include a link. If you don't know where that's at, we'll include a link on our church's website. And let me encourage you to, to scroll down and listen to the song that we've recorded, Dear Refuge of My Weary Soul. Dear Refuge of My Weary Soul. It's a, soul, it's a song that, 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 that helps us to reflect and to sing a lot of the truths that we see in Psalm 27 about waiting on God and taking refuge in Him. And it gives us an opportunity to respond by m- making melody to the Lord and may we pray that as, as we do this, that God would help these truths in Psalm 27 sink into our hearts that we might rest in him together.